Thank you so much for coming. Uh, I'm Isaac, and uh, I'll be teaching today. I'll be talking about what God has given us to talk about. Uh, two weeks ago, Pastor Jeff was here, and uh, he gave us uh, a plan of how a church we pray that God gives us that church. I don't know if it can be put on the screen. An amazing church. This is just for those who are not here. And uh, just imagine, look at that. So when he was talking about this and... Uh, I just felt encouraged. I was reading the Bible, and uh, we know the story of the Israelites when they left Egypt. They left there in a hurry. Yeah? They just told, take anything that you can, because we're going in a hurry. And in the wilderness, uh, God spoke to Moses, and he wanted, he told Moses about a tabernacle, somewhere where God presence will be with the people. And whilst they're in the wilderness, uh, Moses was given a plan of how this tabernacle will be. And because he didn't have the materials to do it, uh, he asked the Israelites for it. That's recorded in the book of Exodus 35. So, <clears throat> Exodus 35, verse 5, it says, Make an offering, or take from you, among you, an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as an offering to the Lord. Gold, silver, bronze. If you continue up to, up to number 9, it talks about everything. The plan that God had given the Moses, so he went and told them, this is what you're to do. And Moses told the Israelites, from amongst yourself, whatever you're willing. Pastor was talking about, for us to complete this church, everyone has to have a rough idea of 4,000. God gives everything. And from then, I just believed and I prayed that God, give me this. Because God is the one who can give me. And then if you continue to number 20, uh, it says, eh? I don't know if it can be brought to the screen, 3520 or 22. It says, all who are willing, men and women alike, came and brought gold, Jewelry of all, of all kinds, brooch, earrings, rings, and ornaments. They all presented their gold as a wave offering to the Lord. So <clears throat> when Moses went and told them, bring out of your willing heart, everyone <clears throat> in these 22, they brought those things that were needed to make the tabernacle. And if you read number 36, Verse 3 to 5, it says, they received, now these, the people who were put in charge of collecting these things, 
They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of construction, of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning. So, all the skilled workers who were doing the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. So these guys, they were in the wilderness. And then these people who were in charge of taking these things, they stopped what they were doing. They stopped constructing this tabernacle. And they went and told Moses, now we have more than enough. Can you tell the people to stop? That's what I want for this church. Let God bless us until we say enough is enough. Amen? That's what I prayed for. I don't know what you prayed for, what you're working on towards this. We were told we can give out something. Hallelujah. That was out of what I was teaching. (laughs) All right? That was just what I felt encouraged to encourage you. We are in a series of teaching. Because we are Christians. We follow Jesus Christ. Do we know who Jesus Christ is? Last Sunday, our senior pastor was here and he introduced the topic to us. He was talking about Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah? And he gave us a printout in which it showed how Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies. Today we are going to another one which says Jesus is fully man and fully God. As Christians, do we believe Jesus being both fully man and fully God? That's what we'll be talking about today. And I just needed some help from all the three. We can take four rows or columns in the church. I want us to, at least one person per row, if you can tell me an example of which Jesus, you yourself, when you read the Bible or when you hear stories about the Bible, do you find anywhere in the Bible that shows Jesus either as God or as man? Any time that you read the Bible in the New Testament, Yeah. Yeah, the word was with God in the beginning. So as divine, God was there, Jesus was there as the word, and he came to be flesh. Uh-huh. Any other person, any other example, Jesus as man or as God? Any, any other example? Yeah? Yes, Jesus performed so many miracles. There's two in this row. Hey, the other rows, you are you're falling behind. Any other person? Yes, Jesus said, if you see me, don't, because he was asked, oh, how do we know about your father? He said, if you see me, you've seen my father. Anything you want, ask me. 
and it will be given. Oh, one for that team, two here. All right, all right. Yeah? At the paralytic man, Jesus forgave him his sin, and only God could forgive sin. Nice one. Only God could forgive sin. And Jesus found this paralytic, and he just told him, your sins are forgiven. And this man was made whole. One, two, one, zero. <laughs> what do you say? Anyone to help this? To save? Yes, as a human being, Jesus was tempted. We passed through temptations. Yes. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was holy. Praise God. I think that was the quickest sermon that we've ever had. <laughs> yeah? Because you've said everything that I was supposed to say. So that was really, really nice. So the Bible gives us examples and many, many stories of Jesus. So I'll be talking about Jesus as divine and Jesus as human. And we'll talk about how this was made possible. So if you read the book of Luke 19, Luke 9, chapter 18, Luke 9, 18, Jesus just wanted to see this question that I've asked you here. Jesus wanted to see, uh, so Luke 9, 18. And it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him. And he asked them, who do the crowd say that I am? Amen. He was there praying. And then he just, the disciple joined him. Like how I've asked you. Jesus wanted to see, do these people really know who I am? So he first asked them about other people. What do people say I am? Or whom do people say I am? They all answered and if you go to 20, if you go to 20, he asked now a simple, personal question. After these people spoke about what other people, oh, you are John the Baptist, you are a prophet, you are, he asked now this person, personal questions. But who do you say I am? Are we in that category that we follow? We are Christians because we are a group Christians. Or do we have an answer to this question? Personally, as we are here, who do you say Jesus is? If Jesus stands here and asks you that question, live about what you've taught, we've been taught, live along what you've had, live anything that you've been taught, anything. Personally, have you experienced Jesus that if he asks you the question, whom do you say I am, what will be the answer? For me, the last song that we've sung here, God's goodness has been following me all the days of my life. I've seen Jesus in everything that I do. He's answered all my prayers, requests. He's been there 
for me, to heal me, to protect me, to guide me, and to be my everything. He's my rock, he's my everything. You personally, who is Jesus to you? Amen. So Jesus, in his normal life here in the world, when he was born, there are scriptures which portray him as fully man and fully God at the same time. You know, if we start from his birth, as a human being, we can remember the story of uh, Mary and Joseph. They had just been engaged. Some of us have been engaged, and some of us are married, or some, are, some of us are still through the process. Just imagine if you put your life, even the Bible talks about that, as a human being, this boy Joseph was engaged to this girl Mary. And then as they are still in the process, they, they've not had their wedding. And then this man Joseph starts seeing that like something is growing. As a human being, if you were Joseph, you will have done what he did. Because if you read uh, the next book that will be on the screen, 19, Matthew verse 1, 19 to 20. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Okay? If you go to next one, number 20. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary uh, to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. This man, as a human being, Jesus' birth brought tension. Yeah? Joseph wanted to secretly divorce or stop this relationship. That's what a normal human being will do. You are engaged to this lady and then She's pregnant out of nowhere. It's just because David was a just man and he believed in God. He didn't want to start shouting, yeah, you know, this girl, this girl. No. He, in his head, in his mind, he did it. He was like, no, I'm not going into this relationship. That's a human nature. So Jesus' birth started in that Situation. I don't know, sometimes when I read the Bible, I try to put myself in that situation. If it was me, I don't know if I could have responded to that text. <laughs> oh, she's, she's outside. That's, uh... <laughs> All right? When she texts you and tells you, yeah, um, to be honest, this is just an angel visited. Have you ever felt that hurting thing? That's what Joseph felt. All right? That's what Joseph felt. But now the angel came and told him, you just take her. This is going to be a savior. And even the angel told him uh, 
the name of the child, when this baby will be born, you need to call him Jesus. So from birth, that is a human. But even the conception itself is now divine because this is the word. If you read John, the book of John, if you read John 1 to 3, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In that beginning, even before the creation of the world, it was just, the word was not just with God. The word was God. He was there in the beginning. Let's jump to 13. And this word was made flesh. That just that John 1, 13. Yeah, 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. The conception of Jesus was divine in that, in that nature that this word which was with God at that time became flesh. He was divine in, in a way that there are some questions. People try to ask questions, trying to find answers with a human mind, trying to understand how did this, how could this happen? But everything came from the beginning. After Adam sinned, God came and said, your seed will crush. So Jesus was preparing. God prepared Jesus to be born from the beginning. And if you read stories about the Bible, I think the devil did not understand that. Because when Adam went out of the garden and they got two sons, and when the angel, uh, when the devil, sorry, so that God favored Abel to Cain. So the angel, uh, the devil said, now this is my turn to attack. So he thought that this is the seed. He went through Cain to kill the seed, but he didn't realize that the seed is not yet. And the story, there's so many things that has happened from the beginning. Amen. So the birth of Jesus, even it was announced by the angels themselves. Just imagine how, how we do nowadays the revealing, yeah? <laughs> if it's a boy or a girl, yeah? <laughs> this bath was announced by the angels. Angels just show around and tell people, all right, you come, there's someone who's been born. Come and go and see. I don't know if my birth was announced to anyone, but I could have liked my birth to be announced by the angels. Yeah? And when Jesus was born, the angels were singing. Back, uh, back at home, we have, how do you know that uh, previously, how do you know uh, if it's a boy or a girl being born? It depends with the lulation. I don't know how they call allulations. So a boy is five, a girl is three. So if you hear women or the midwife celebrating in a certain way, you as out there, you know, okay, it's a boy. All right, it's a girl. But this birth was said to be a boy even before he was born. The prophets even prophesied and said, in this city, in this town, 
This is where he'll be born. If you read the booklet that we are given by Pastor Andy, you'll find that there. Even years and years before, God came and told the prophets, even the name, Isaiah even came and said, he'll be called Emmanuel, God with us. And we as Christians, we need to be very, very privileged because of that. Because our salvation was there. Even before the foundations of the world, God knew at this time you'll be here and he'll need to save you. And it is just your personal decision to answer the question, whom do you say I am? If you're here and you say, yeah, Jesus, I believe you're my savior, you will be saved. Amen? As Jesus grows every single time, he does things that human beings do. At the age of 12, they go to, uh, to attend the Passover feast. As normal, if you go, parents, you'll understand these. You go somewhere with your, in a party that we'll be having here in Easter. If you come and bring your kids here, and then he finds a group of kids playing, and it's time to go home, is it really pleasant? <laughs> yeah? It's never pleasant. So even that's what Jesus was. They finish the celebrations, and then the parents, because they're coming as a group, they say, okay, everyone, let's go home. This boy decides, all right, I'll stay here for a bit. But he didn't stay there playing. He was there discussing the scriptures. And the Bible tells us that he was talking to the priests, to the teachers of the law. And they were amazed at how this 12-year boy knew how or what he knew. So from 12 years, he asks you and answers you questions. You're like, all right. Some questions that even you don't know. Because he was the word. He knew even the questions. Other times in his life, he's somewhere preaching and he just looks at people and he knows even what you're thinking. Why do you think about that? That's what he said. Okay? So if you read uh, Luke 2, 41 to 42, that's how what it talks about. As a normal child, Jesus was just carried away by what was going on around him and got separated from his parents. So if you go 41 and 42, that's what they did. They went to the Passover feast and the parents went, okay? That was their custom. As a human being, the law dictated that every year you have to celebrate Passover. And as a human, he was going there. As divine, he was there for a purpose. Because if you continue to the next, when the parents came back after three days, just imagine I've lost Asha for three days. <laughs> is it really pleasant? That feeling is, is not good. There was a time he went uh, somewhere for... Uh, to visit and sleep or out with the, with the friends. That night was my worst night. 
I call not. I was not even. I had just to call by eleven. How is my baby doing? He's asleep. Just imagine for three days you don't know where your son is. You come back and then you find him here in church, seated here with Pastor Jeff, and he's talking stories. What? What will you be? Even even I won't go for the child. I'll just go to these teachers of the law. You don't see these a baby supposed to go home. Yeah. So that's what as a as a human. So if you continue from there, now the parents came and then he asked them a question. Don't you know that I am supposed to be in my father's house? Jesus asked them, You've, you knew, the angel told you about me. You gave birth to me. You've seen me grow. And don't you know that I'm supposed to be here? Alright? As divine, that's what Jesus did. He called God my father from 12 years. There's so many other things that show Jesus in his life like fully God. You know, he went, and then the first time, just imagine, uh, even pastor taught about this the other time. But it normally stops somewhere. So he went somewhere, and then he was given, because they know him, he went to the church, and then he was given a scroll, and he says, the spirit of the Lord is... Upon me. It, has, it was there written. But now when he says it, it angers this crowd. And they take him and they want to go and throw him out of the cliff. And he just disappeared. He just went off to safety. These people, I don't know what... That's why I tell you, I try to imagine what happens. You've gone there, I want to throw this boy out on the cliff... And then after reaching there, he's not there. What do you start? How do you start going back home? <laughs> and then you start asking yourself, all right, what did we come here to do? <laughs> okay? That's Jesus. He did things. He did so many miracles. And his miracles, they had a meaning. They had a reason. It was not just, he was just randomly deciding to show off and doing Things. Jesus did miracles with the purpose. There are so many healings that are just said by word, because it's the word. And there are others that he did by action. He just tells someone your sins are forgiven, you get up and go. There are others he goes, uh, we heard here an expression of, of that but because I was a blind mind, I won't mind if someone spits in my eyes, you know. If I see the results, that's what I do, all right? I don't mind if that's what that person said. This guy, he's told, all right, your sins are forgiven. You pick up your mat and go. And then they, these teachers of the law, they start telling him, you're not supposed to carry your mat, you're not supposed. He tells them, I've been healed, I've been here for all those years, you've been passing me. I know someone tells me to go up and I'm fully healed and you want to question me why am I walking on a Sunday with my mat? <laughs> Alright? So they had purposes. There are things that we read in the Bible and we just pass. But have we ever taken keen interest in knowing or feeling how that was? I want to give you one example in one life story of Jesus. He went and selected his 
disciples. We all know that story. The first that he, he selected were fishermen. These are people who have been born as their parents are fishermen, so they know all the tactics about the sea, the water. But Jesus does a miracle with this person. Jesus comes walking on the water. And whom does he call to come out? A fisherman. Who knows all the science about the water? One thing as a fisherman you know, you can't walk on water. Because if you just fall down, you'll go down. But the miracle, he doesn't call Matthew, who was a tax collector, come and walk. Because maybe Matthew might be ignorant. He was never even been to sea. But he calls someone who has been working. Okay? Miracles. This man comes out and he believes, all right, now I can walk. He walks some few paces. The same, same place that he throws nets and they go to catch fish. He's walking. What happens? He now remembers where he is. Because I think what he did, Jesus was at quite distant. So maybe he thought it's just like when you're teaching a baby how to walk. They can make the first few paces and then fall on you because they know my dad is there. He'll catch, he'll. Maybe when Peter was coming out of the boat, he just knew, all right, the boat is here. I'll just try my, <laughs> my luck. But Jesus was a distance. So after walking, uh, Jesus is there. One thing, even if I start drowning, by the time he comes to me, I'll have gone. And looking back, the boat was a distance off. So it's not like you try and then you see, okay, if I start going, I'll just... <laughs> okay? He's in between a distance that the boat is there and the other guy is there and humanity comes. Okay? Normal life situations come. Miracles happen where we work. You've been doing that over and over and over again. And then Jesus just tells you, trust me and do this. When we start doing it, you'll be like, is it a miracle? Is it working for me? Is it God working for me? We try and tend, now we'll be like, we forget about even what was happening. And we let go of the miracle. Because you think, no, this I've been doing this for the entirety of my life. So someone cannot be saved. You've been working in the same office. You've never confessed Jesus to anyone. But someone, you've been planted there. Jesus just wants you to go out to that one person. Whom you've been planted for 20 years, for 10 years, for 5 years, for 1 year. God wanted you to be working there so that this one soul is saved. So when that thing happens, do you start questioning? Amen? So Jesus was giving us examples of normal day-to-day life. As both human and God. Amen.
So, even his death, resurrection, and ascension, there are so many things there as he did as a human and he did as God. He's, when he was taken through these uh, trials, you know, in the book of Leviticus, uh, God tells the Israelites that if you're bringing a sacrifice, you need to bring a blameless animal, a spotless, a perfect offering. So Jesus comes as the Lamb of God who has come to save us from our sins. He cannot just out of nowhere be sacrificed. How do we know that he's blameless? His trial shows that. He's taken fast to just, he's captured in the evening. Just imagine how people are, just people. These soldiers come and to arrest Jesus. And whilst he's there, because these disciples come and chops off one person's ear. This person that you've come to arrest takes that ear which is fallen and puts his back. And you see, all right, my ear is back. <laughs> and you still continue arresting this person. <laughs> human beings are huh? just human beings. They forget. You'd be like, all right, all right, you, go, you put it back, that's nice, all right, let's go. <laughs> that is not how we need to see Jesus in our life. When he does one miracle, shout it out. From the mountains, everywhere in the streets, shout Jesus. Okay? Don't think, all right, that was just luck. It was not luck. It is not just by coincidence. It is... God's love in us. Let us go out there and share. So Jesus is taken through these trials. And the last person he's taken to is Pilate, uh, Pontius Pilate. After asking Jesus and then asking these teachers of the law, all right, what's wrong with this guy? They come out and say all the accusations. This Pilate goes and asks Jesus a question. And he comes out and tells them, I don't see anything wrong. So, it means that this person, you see, he says, he said to them, you've brought this man to me as one who misleads the people. And indeed, having examined him in your presence, I found no fault in this man concerning those things of which you have accused him. So, Pilate first says, this is just a man. Okay? And if you read that, he wanted to release him. He just said, let me flog him and then let him, let him go. But people did not want. So that the word of God comes to pass. Because even in, in the book of Leviticus, they were saying, if you are going, if you have sinned, you take two lambs or goats. Okay? You take, bring two goats. One, you'll touch its head and you believe that, okay, all my sins are here. The other one, you have to, to sacrifice it. You have to offer it as a sacrifice. This thing comes to happen when Jesus is in this trial. So when he's there, he's gone through the Sanhedrin, the church council. They found him, all right, he's guilty. Because they asked him, 
Are you Jesus? Are you the Christ, the Messiah? He said, yeah, you've said it. And they're like, yeah, he said it. No, if you ask me if, if I'm Isaac and then you say, I say, all right, you've said it. Is it not my fault? <laughs> but now they take that to be Jesus' fault. Because he told them, all right, you're the one who said, not me. So through that process, they ask for Barabbas to be let go. Barabbas, who was a murderer, he had caused riot. He was so just so that the word comes, so that that sacrifice in Leviticus now stops with Jesus. One goat has to be let go. And the other one has to be sacrificed. That is Jesus in us. As truly God, he comes to save us from all these things. His blood is sacrificed. He's whipped. He's done so many things. As a man, he failed all the pain that he was going through. Even on the cross, after realizing that everything is finished, he just said, I'm thirsty. As a man, he felt thirsty. But as a divine, he says, Oh, Father, I left. My soul I give to you. Because he knows the Father. And even in the cross, he saves someone there. Because this person, after mocking Jesus, the other person asks him, Don't you fear God? Because even in the cross, he was as they, there as a God, as divine. Because even in the Bible it says, even the Roman soldier who was there, who was doing all this after Jesus died, he just said and confessed, truly this man was innocent. And he's the Savior. That is Jesus as God. When he's taken to the grave, according to the traditions he comes out after the third day just to fulfill the Old Testament prophets. On the third day, he will he'll be saved. Amen. Is Jesus risen in your life? That is a question that we need to ask. So, for so many years, there have been teachings. People trying to see, is he really God? Is can one person? So there are so many things. Uh, there are some heretic teachings about. There was some heretic teachings about Jesus. Okay, so the first one is called Docetism. So these people they stated that maybe Jesus just because he was divine, they agreed that Jesus was divine. So they say that maybe he just appeared to be a man because he's God. He can just appear to be a man. He can just appear to feel hungry. He can just appear. The church council said, no. Jesus was born as a man. He was raised by his parents. He fled to Egypt. He came back. He passed through all these rituals as a human being. And they countered that. So there are also so many other teachings that they are trying to say that Jesus is two people. He's a God on his own, so that's God Jesus and this God man, and you cannot combine them together. 
But the church councils came and said, no, 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 you can't do that. The word became flesh. For him to be our savior, he had to be flesh. And that flesh was man and God at the same time. So there is no part that he was divided, this side is God and this side is man. No. He was in as one person. Okay? Sometimes that question lingers a lot. How can two people who do two different things be in the same body? I'm a dad. Yeah? That's one nature of me. I'm a father. But I'm also a son to my, my parent. The same, same person. Okay? People who know me at work, they know me as the person who messes their pay. Okay? But I'm still here. The same, same person, but I don't miss. <laughs> okay? So there are so many of those. And Jesus, when he was here in uh, John 14, 15 to 17, John 14, 15 to 17, Jesus asked. He said, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus, he comes and tells us that even when I'll be gone, I'll ask the Father and he'll send you the spirit of truth. And that spirit of truth will be in you. Because when Jesus was prophesied, they called him Emmanuel, God with us. But now the Emmanuel now comes and says, I want to change this Emmanuel for a bit. I want it to be another version of Emmanuel. Where God will be living in you, in your hearts. And he'll teach you everything. Amen. We need to pray that we get this Emmanuel. So when Jesus was here, he said, the first, the, his two commands are love with God and your neighbor as you love yourself. Okay? The first one is love God with everything that you have. Let us love God with everything that we have. Not just on a Sunday. Every single time. Every single day of the week. Every single thing that you do. Let it be godly. Let us love God with everything that we have because he's the one who gave us this. His goodness is following us every single time. And if his goodness is following us every single time, let us give our whole self to God. Let us give everything that we have. Amen. That is what... We have Jesus born as a flesh. He lived here so that he could be born under the law, so that he can break, so he could break the yokes of the law. All these laws were broken. We are told that when Jesus was on the cross, the curtain which was separating the holy of holies in the temple is just torn apart, saying that we are free to go to God. 
in prayer. You pray through Jesus and everything that you want will be given to you. Personally, I've been given everything that I pray for. And I'll ask everyone, let us put our trust in the cross. Because from there, from Jesus, we get everything. Amen. When we started, we said, whom do you say Jesus is? And our time is up. But I want us to pray. Let us know who Jesus is in our life. Let us experience him in our life. Let us adore him. As his goodness is following us, let us keep the faith until we finish the race. Because Jesus, let us not take what he came to do here on the cross for me. Let us not just be seeing the salvation we received as a normal thing, like we are supposed to be saved. No, it is just by the grace of God. This grace that saved us, let us accept it in our life. Amen. I'll welcome Pastor Jeff to lead us in that prayer that we know Jesus. For those who don't know Jesus, let us know him today.